1: my husband came to me he was expressing his sexual desires we had been married for uh, known each other for 30 years just put it that way he had yeah. never had sex with somebody else so he never got that chance
0: you know before we were married to kind of oh. you know sow his wild oats <laughs> I'm really curious about how you felt when your partner came to you and expressed a desire to have sex with someone else. What were you thinking at that moment? We didn't know there were
1: open relationships and polyamory and swinging. I mean, we were just so sheltered within the church that that was just not even something that was in our field
0: of knowing. Tell me, how have you evolved sexually from when you were just being monogamous to now like what are some of the big changes that you've personally experienced well it's no longer five minute sex (laughs) hey everyone welcome to the curious girl diaries podcast i am layla it is another fun saturday and i have a fantastic guest on today Today, I have Gail Lynn, and she's a relationship coach specializing in non-traditional relationships, which include open relationships, polyamory, consensual non-monogamy, and the lifestyle, which are swingers. Through her experience, she learned how messy relationships can be when someone is expressing their sexual desires. She helps to navigate family and cultural beliefs, communication pitfalls, processing emotions, and a whole lot more. Her desire is that her clients will be able to evolve their relationships into what they desire and achieve inner freedom. She experienced her spouse coming to her with a desire to have sex with someone else and navigated it, and now she has a passion to empower her clients to make educated choices about their relationships. Gail, welcome to the show. Thank you, Layla. I am so excited to do this today. I know, me too. You know, this is really perfect timing because this has been a hot topic on the show, and this is... It's always a hot topic sort of running in the background with my listeners. But before I sort of really jump into my bulk of questions that I have for you, and I have a lot, tell me how you found your way to relationship coaching and why you're so passionate about it. Well, it's just like you read,
1: right? My husband came to me. He was expressing his sexual desires. We had been married for, uh, known each other for 30 years. Just put it that way. He had never had sex with somebody else. So he never got that chance, you know, before we were married to kind of, oh. you know, sow his wild oats. So he was a virgin a virgin when he married you? Well, we had sex before we got married, but oh, okay. yes, he was a virgin when, when he met me. Okay. And so I was his first, and that was- Were you the, his first? No, it wasn't oh, okay. the case for me. So we just, we kind of started out in that, and we were, at the time, he was in a very- fundamental Christian type atmosphere. So we felt guilty for having sex before getting married. And so we kind of spilled the beans to his family because we were all concerned about it. Yeah, And all that did was brought more shame and guilt upon us. Oh, no. and, and it was just so then we were like, OK, we need to get married. You know, we need to make this right so we can have sex.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Get married so we can have sex. <laughs> get married so we can... right, right? yeah, right. It
1: sounds so ridiculous when I yeah. say that now,
0: right? But yeah, looking true. back,
1: yeah, like that's how strong social, cultural, religious beliefs can be.
0: Oh, that sure. they just yeah.
1: really put you in this space where you feel shamed and guilted for something that is so natural between yeah. two people.
0: Oh no, I know. I hear the feedback I get from my listeners is there's just a huge array of shame and guilt around this subject and i've often had guest talks about wanting to approach their partners or having approached their partners for an open relationship, but I don't think I've heard firsthand how their partner felt hearing that in the moment. So I'm really curious about how you felt when your partner came to you and expressed a desire to have sex with someone else. What were you thinking at that moment? And what was that? Was that a total
1: shock? Oh, it was a total shock. Oh, good. And honestly, I felt not worthy, like, oh, I'm not good enough for you. I've, then the flood of, oh, my gosh, my nest, what's going to happen? Is it going to leave me? I've done all this stuff for you. How could you do this to me? I mean, it all went in a swirl. And yeah. honestly, I went up to my bedroom, went into my closet, shut the door, and cried and screamed.
0: I mean, you know,
1: that's literally how I I handled it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't all roses and ponies and, you know, all that type of stuff. It was really a shock to me because again, those cultural beliefs came into play where it shouldn't be that way. It just, it shouldn't.
0: Did that sort of shake your, I guess, belief or the foundation that you thought you had about the construct of marriage?
1: Well, it did. It definitely did. And it sent me into not only looking at myself, but it also sent him into looking at him. And for me, I'll take ownership of what was going on in my life. At the time, I was dealing with the stress of we were going through a bankruptcy. We had a son that was a heroin addict. I dealt with it by taking sleeping pills. And so guess what isn't happening in the bed at night? Right. I'm knocked out.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're just like, I made it through another day. Now let me sleep. Exactly. Yeah. And on his
1: end, he dealt with the stress by wanting to have more sex. It's like, so you got this swirl of stuff. So the first thing we did is we actually did take a step back and say, okay, what's going on here? How can we deal with this? Instead of freaking out and saying, get the hell out. Let's talk about this. And so we did. And so the first thing we did is we really started to reconnect our own intimacy between each other. So like we started to do orgasmic meditation, spicing it up in the bedroom with whipped cream and berries, (laughs) you know, all the fun stuff that you can think and imagine and role play. However, that desire really never went away for him. Again, we sat down and we had a conversation. And at that point, I said, okay, let's figure this out. We had been together for so long. I mean, basically, we grew up together. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not the one that's just reactive, get the hell out type of person. I'm like, no, okay, let's really take a look at this. And so we did. And the first thing I suggested was to actually do some sacred sexuality training, which was great because it gave us a weekend. It was like a four-day workshop where we were able to go in actually it was like sex 101 stuff my parents never talked to me about we do such a disservice to our kids i tell you, and even i did yeah yeah and so it it really was like what are the different relationships types what can you do and then we would have these exercises where you know you are nude and we chose to be with different partners not to be with each other we're not having sex or anything like that but they're yeah. very intimate exercises but through that whole week of doing that, and actually a lot of personal development too, of really facing our fears, we actually ended the week and said, okay, you know, we gave each other permission to go see other people and we opened our marriage. Wow. But we didn't do it right away. And this is the thing that I always suggest is, uh, one, you don't want to do it necessarily to fix something that's wrong. It's kind of like getting pregnant, you know? Right. Right. And there wasn't anything wrong. The baby will we'll keep,
0: will re-bond us. <laughs> exactly. The baby, the baby will fix The baby all. will save our marriage. <laughs> and
1: it's like, nope. Well, opening your marriage isn't, yeah, it's really, it's two people need to be totally on board with what's going on. Because if not, it's just, it's not going to work. It's, right. It's, it's going to throw you into deep codependency.
0: Oh, I just think it's good. It seems like it will just exacerbate the issue.
1: Oh, it does. Yeah.
0: And and that's fine too. It's, it's
1: just, you know, you might try it and then it it breaks open an issue and it's
0: okay because maybe it was just time. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. So can I ask you something though? Looking, I'm really curious, looking back, were there any indicators that this was coming? Oh, I mean, none,
1: (laughs) none. None. I had none. I mean, you got to, there was a lot going on in our lives. And, you know, at the time, yeah, I just, I didn't expect it at all. Wow.
0: When you think about it now, how do you feel your partner handled that? And do you think that there's something that he could have done better?
1: I think he handled it really good. Actually, he really backed off. Um, Like I said, we went a period of time where he just didn't even really address the subject again, but really, focused on our relationship between the two of us. So I really respect that he did that. He really was waiting for me to say, okay, is this yes, no, you know, and he didn't even know how to really deal with it. Like he just knew he had a desire, but how do you go about it? I mean, we didn't know there were open relationships and polyamory and swinging. I mean, we were just so sheltered within the church that that was just not even something that was in our field. Of knowing,
0: yeah, it, it's not. Your, it wasn't in your wheelhouse. It's no, it's, absolutely not. I want to circle back to something that you said. You said that we just don't kind of get the education. We're not equipped, and it's really too bad that the church and you know our churches don't equip couples for this kind of stuff. I know that you can go and get premarital counseling and things like that, but I don't know. As far as I'm aware, I don't believe they're addressing these kinds of Oh, you know, sexual, know no. sexual, you know, adjustments or changes in libido or just over the long haul. It's like nobody wants to talk about it. So what are people supposed to do? And you should and be able to turn to your pastor or your deacon or whomever and, you know, and be able to say, hey, we're having this issue and get some guidance. Yeah, <laughs> I would it's
1: think. Not, you would think, but really it's
0: considered a sin,
1: right? And the expectation is this is the one for the rest of your
0: life. Yeah. How does this affect what your opinion is on the one? Honestly, how I feel about any relationship
1: is I feel that every relationship that we're in, there's a mirror for us. And I think relationships are there until they no longer serve our growth. Yeah. We're all here to evolve into being more of who we are in this lifetime. And so sometimes there's a time in a relationship where you've gotten everything you can out of that relationship and somebody else comes along and there's something more for you. Like once we opened our relationship and I did start dating other people and he started dating other people, I learned so much more about myself. I learned to communicate better. I learned just who I am, what my wants, my desires are. It was a uh, different sexual experiences because, you know, 33 years of being in the same, doing the same thing is just like, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. you find out, oh my gosh, there's just a different variety of ways and it actually can spice the bedroom up, you know, and I see that a lot with swingers. People are in the swinging lifestyle because it actually excites them and it keeps them actually closer in their marriage. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty, secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com, or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com, and click on Be On The Show.
0: I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm so sad it has to end. Are you craving more content with me? Don't worry, I've got you covered. Go even deeper with me on my private podcast. You get four additional episodes a month published every Friday, revealing outtakes from my super private personal audio journal, things said after the show, but when I'm still recording. The inside scoop on who's been naughty and who's been naughtier, bombshells I've kept to myself this whole entire time, things I can only talk about with a more intimate group of listeners, and additional surprise bonus content so hot it makes even me blush. So when you finish this episode and you're still craving more, please allow me to satiate you. Just head over to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and click on exclusive or click on the link in the show notes. All right, on with the show. I feel like the traditional marriage model is just, it's, I mean, it might work for some, but I think the statistics show that it just doesn't, it's not working for most people. (laughs) And, you know, somebody said to me, a lot of people are in um, polyamorous relationships. They just don't know it.
1: That's so true. They just don't want to face what it is. Because here's the thing is like everybody kind of uh thinks that in a monogamous situation that your partner needs to be everything for you. And they can't. And I mean, a simple example that I always use is my husband and I, I would want to go shopping, right? Well, he'd get into the mall and he'd get MES, mall exhaustion syndrome, and find (laughs) the closest bar. Right. Yeah. And so now I don't have the person to say, Oh, you look good in that. You don't look good in that, you know, <laughs> those kind of things. Yeah. And so I found if I wanted to have a pleasant shopping experience, I would bring somebody else. Right. You know,
0: somebody that enjoyed that. That was their lane. Exactly.
1: And yeah. so, how many couples have girlfriends or boyfriends, other friends that they go and do different things with or different activities with? And that's considered okay. Right but when it comes down to the sex thing, they're like, no. So it's kind of a little bit warped in everybody's thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So how do you advise your clients to approach their partners with this issue?
1: I say do it with curiosity. It not, you know, when he came to me and told me it wasn't more of a curiosity, it was more of a fact. And it made me feel like, I'm no longer good for that area.
0: Yeah. But when you
1: approach it with a little bit of curiosity of this is kind of what I'm thinking and this is what's coming up for me, what do you think, you know, and you start having this discussion, then you can kind of move with it a little bit. And I think it kind of softens it a little bit. So yeah, just really being in that curious state of why, why is it that I'm feeling this? What do you think about this? And then kind of pivot from there.
0: And then how would you advise the person receiving that information? Or how about this? How about this? How would you advise your former self? Like how you could have maybe done better in that moment or received that information better? Well, it's just a two-sided coin.
1: You know, really Mm -hmm. staying open and not closing down. Because a lot of times we close down because of trauma that we've had in our past things that we don't feel safe and secure, there might be abandonment issues. And so when those things start coming up in you and you don't really know them, like maybe you've never had to face an abandonment issue, maybe you've never had to face a self-worth issue, but in that moment you are just being able to say, okay, this is coming up for me, but I'm still going to remain curious as to what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thank you. What are some of the things couples new to open relationships should do regularly to set this new dynamic up to be successful? I
1: always feel that whenever you're approaching an open relationship, that you take it really slow. There's no need to rush into it. There's definitely some good communication that needs to take place. And that's one of the things I really help my clients with is communicating effectively because... With us, it was like four hours a day. Sometimes it became a part-time job. We don't need yeah. to have a part-time job communicating over an open relationship. We can do it very effectively with some active listening and some reflecting and learning those skills. So really being able to do that and then really deciding what kind of pillars you want. And when I say pillars, they're like agreements, right? Pillars of agreements Yeah. yeah. of how often are we going to do this? What's acceptable to you? How many partners? What are we going to do about safe sex practices? So kind of getting those solidified in place before you really go out and start seeking. Yeah. And then the important thing, one of the most successful things I see in open relationships is that whenever a partner does go out on a date, or maybe both of you are going out on a date, that you come back and you reconnect. And sometimes it's really good to reconnect sexually because I was going to
0: say, do you mean sexually?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So talking and connecting sexually. And that seems to really be one of the main keys that I see that allows it to really be successful.
0: See, I think that's very hot personally. Like, (laughs) yeah, I feel like that's like that bonding, that reclamation of, you know, you're still mine and like, okay, somebody else got to enjoy you, but we're still number one together, you know, and yeah. being, and going through that kind of ritual. I just, I think it's hot and sexy, number one. And I just think it's good overall.
1: <laughs> it really is. To me, it, it, that's what ends up spicing the relationship up. Yeah, when you can do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, just, you know, even like that tiniest little bit of erotic jealousy, I feel like it just kind of brings out the something different in you. And I and I also feel like when you've been with someone a long time and someone else now is noticing your partner, it almost kind of reignites that passion that you sort of put a little bit on the back burner. Well, you take for granted.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, because it happens over and over again. So yeah, there's, there is that, that fun part of it. If, as long as you're willing to embrace it, some people are still dealing with a lot of jealousy type issues and they'll do that. I don't want to hear type thing. Sure. Um, It's not the healthiest way to address it. It is a way, right? You know, I always encourage people to grow into like really keeping the communication open because that's what keeps jealousy down is really having that communication piece.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I do think it's really smart for people that are new to this and moving into this to have a third party that can help guide you through this, avoid some of these pitfalls, uh, see things that you don't, and kind of like you're someone that's on your sexual board of advisors. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, there is, because sometimes, too,
1: it's like, maybe there were some things that uh, you start learning about yourself. Like there's a great thing is the the five sexual blueprints that they have out there, right? And, yeah. And so you start understanding. Well, what what are this my sexual desires and and when you can start getting into that, maybe you start learning more about yourself, which you get to bring back into your main bedroom and make it even more spicy and fun.
0: Yes, I th- I feel like it's just it's a mutual road for discovery, regardless of kind of who brought it up or who got you there a lot of times, I think, especially for women, we're doing all this stuff and we be become, you know, you're a wife, you're a mom, you're, you, know, you sort of stop seeing yourself as the friend and lover to your partner that, you know, that, and all that fun chemistry that initially got you guys together. Yes. And and you sort of start, I see for women anyway, they sort of stop seeing themselves as a sexual being or sexy and, exactly. you know, and, I always encourage women to, you know, like, get in touch with that vixen, like reignite that side of yourself, because that part should stay active and vital until you die, I believe. And you, and it can, you know, I know that you can have a great sex life up until you're no longer living. And that's sort of my goal anyway. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that for me,
1: I, I, appreciate what happened because it did put me back in touch with who I am sexually and what I desire. And not only that, that's my creative center. And so when I tap into that, you know, you think about it, that's, that is your womb is where you popped out babies, you created life, all of that. So that when you introduce that back into your life, you can actually see the creative spark begin to reignite in just in everything that you do. Yeah. And it's also a compass. I think Your yoni is a compass to say yes or no, if you right. listen to it.
0: Tell me, how have you evolved sexually from when you were just being monogamous to now? Like, what are some of the big changes that you've personally experienced? Well, it's no longer five minute sex. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) This is a good thing. Yes. Yes,
1: it is. I actually had somebody ask me the other day. She's like, can you have sex longer than 10 minutes? And I'm like, yes, you can, honey. You need to talk to me. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Like, like, because people do again, get in such a rut or even the guys are not in tune with themselves. Yeah. uh, To be able to go longer. They just, They're just there to knock one out because they don't understand that there's more to it. There's more time to enjoy each other and be in that space and and just have that intimacy
0: more than just the act. Yeah. But have you expanded sort of your, I don't know, like sexual tools or repertoire, oh, yeah. you know, the, all the, just like, have definitely. you gotten way more exploratory and adventurous and, and okay. So I need some examples because that's what this, sh- <laughs> this show is about that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. I would say definitely I've moved beyond just the one-on-one I've experienced multiple. I have also experienced some light BDSM things that we would never do before. Yeah. So yeah, there's always like if if somebody's willing to, yeah, like that to push your edges in in that arena is so liberating.
0: Oh yeah. And I would imagine there's got to also be this I don't know, just that well, I I'm I'm trying not to speak for myself personally, but just this freedom, this newfound freedom and huge uh like you you know, you use the mirror metaphor, you know, I mean just this huge learning adventure that you're on about yourself and really how great sex can be and how many different ways you can do it and experiment oh, yeah. like you know the BDSM i mean that takes you to a different level and and then multiple partners you know i mean all these different experiences broaden your horizons. <laughs> exactly. And and
1: like starting to get in tune with your body. Like when we did orgasmic meditation. Yeah. It really got me tuned into my orgasm and my body. You know, because a lot of women, they might not orgasm for a half hour and the guy's done and so they've never experienced an orgasm. Right? right. Or somebody has an orgasm and they think it's great, but it's really a one on a scale of 1 to 10. And so then they get another one and they're like, oh, that's, that's gotta be a two, but it's a 10, but it's only a two, like, or multiple orgasms, you know, like actually being able to do that. I, I never did that. I was just like, achieve, quit, you know?
0: Yeah. Right. I did it one and done. Like, there we go. I'm done. Now you're done. Okay. Everyone got, got off. Okay. We're good. Yeah, I know. It should be. It's a marathon for me. Like I love just the whole. I appreciate the the whole thing from start to finish and all the orgasms in between and how they're all different and the different ways that I can orgasm since I started experimenting. It's just like wow. I mean, my body is amazing. That's all I can say. And I'm is. just like, holy shit. It's like there's so many different ways and so many variations. And I feel bad for people who like don't that won't go out there and just explore and experience yeah. this stuff because we were really created. So, I mean, we're oh, wired, magnificent. magnificent. Yeah. I mean, really, it truly, truly is like, it's a gift. Yes, And I try to tell people like you were created. I don't care what you believe in or, you know, but you, who did it, but you are wired amazingly. And there's so much to feel and experience in your body. If you just are open to it.
1: And not only that, it's a healing place because a lot of us, especially as women, have experienced some kind of trauma. You know, we may have been taken advantage of or rape or things like that. And so there's a lot of trauma around that sexuality. Well, if you're really wanting to lean into it, you have a chance to heal that, to reveal it and heal it. Yeah. And why not? There is freedom in that. Freedom on the other side. Yes. Anytime we can heal trauma. So if you're having some kind of triggering experience, I always suggest lean into it. Don't waste a trigger. What is it? Get curious about it. Why is this happening? Why do you feel this way? Is it coming from something in your past? So it's so much more than just an act.
0: Yeah. So since we're kind of getting onto that, what are some of the universally common issues most people struggle with when it comes to sex in non traditional relationships?
1: I would say you've got your typical ones, abandonment issues. People are worried about somebody finding somebody else who's better than them and them getting abandoned rather than viewing it as okay, maybe it's just our time is up and this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's okay. But because we hold on to it too much, because it, it could be tied to our safety and security, you know, like how are we going to take care of ourselves if we're not together? Or if you leave me for this other person, well, how do I deal with life then? You know, and then you got the self-worth issues of just, okay, I'm not good enough or I'm not pretty enough or things like that. And so yeah. all of those give you a chance through sexuality to really start to heal some of those spaces.
0: Okay. So, and then any other, just overall, maybe just for couples in general, uh, you know, if you guys are, you're opening up your relationship, you're together. And after that, you know, and you're starting and you're exploring after that little honeymoon phase is over and the newness and the excitement of the non-monogamy high is wearing off. What are some of the potential problems that can just arise between the partnerships? Well, then again, it becomes a choice.
1: What's really going on is, was it something that was even deeper than the sex that brought this up? Because if it's starting to wear off and it's not, you know, because there's people who have swung for 20 years and love it. There's people who have been in open relationships for years, polyamory for years. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I've never seen a successful one. Well, how many monogamous relationships do you see that aren't successful, right? So again, it becomes what... Is it in the relationship? Is it more than that? Is it just time that this relationship has run its contract and it's time to move on? It could be something simple like that. So it starts to be really looking more at your life and using the whole relationship stuff to reveal what's even deeper there for you.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what do you say to naysayers and people who think, Multi relationships, polyamory, you know, it goes against marriage, goes against that concept.
1: You know, the way I view it is every path is sacred. Monogamy can be a sacred path. All I say is do it with all your heart. Don't do it because that's what society tells you to do. Do it because you want that deep, deep mirror and you're willing to return love with non love and to really engage in it. I'm all about creating the relationship between two people that they desire, not what everybody else says. And the same with polyamory. If you choose a polyamorous path or an open relationship path, those are just as sacred and treat them that way. Yeah. And you know, naysayers, we're going to have that all the time in our lives, not just about relationships and sex. It's about everything. And People need to really come to know who they are authentically and being vulnerable enough to be who they are, because that's where freedom is at, you know, and I had to deal with all that. I had to deal with my family and judgments and all kinds of things.
0: Yeah. What did your family say? Oh, it was, I mean, they must have been like, what? Oh, yeah.
1: And they still are kind of like, oh, my gosh, my crazy sister. (laughs) Yeah. yeah because again a lot of people just take what they're fed yeah i mean think of how ingrained it is into our society i mean we start teaching our kids really young through all of the shows all of the cartoons that they watch
0: yeah all disney. the disney
1: shows you know the princess yeah. and the prince is coming to save me you know and that's know. my one true love and so really we indoctrinate our kids from very, very, very young,
0: yeah. And do you ever notice though that like it's just they end it with and they lived happily ever after. There's no like yes. real life. They don't show like. I mean, let's talk about what's really after that. Yeah, exactly. After the wedding day and everyone had their big party. You know. Then, yeah. Then what? Yeah. Then it gets exactly. Then the, the work has to be done. Exactly.
1: They're no different. That's just a movie. And a lot of people like. How many people are in unhappy marriages and stay in them just because they think that it's the right thing to do?
0: Uh, I know very few couples that are actually happy in their marriages. And I have no idea, zero, why they either don't fix it or move on. It's the strangest thing. It is. And it really comes down to that safety
1: and security. If they were to look at why are they still there, they're either hanging on to some belief systems that somebody told them about or that they've been grown up with or they don't want to, they're afraid to be abandoned or safety and security. It really, really, like when you boil everything down, it always comes down to that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, there's probably just those basic reasons there that you, yeah, you mentioned. I mean, it doesn't make, it's never made a bit of sense to me because I've always just been like, when there's an issue, I'm like, we got to fix it. We got to talk about it, whatever. I don't know. And if it's not working out, it's okay.
1: You it's, know, it's totally okay.
0: okay. It's okay to move on. You know, people, it's-
1: Sometimes people have a problem with that. And again, that's why I always say, you know, we're here together until it no longer serves our growth. If we're not yeah. growing, we're
0: not thriving and we're not having fun.
1: Why are we doing
0: this? I love that. I love when you said, you said that earlier and I was just like, yeah, that's really powerful. That really, really puts it in a very clear cut way that people can sort of think about it, you know, like, whoa, is this still serving my growth? And if it's not, it's okay to move on. It's it's okay to part ways as friends and, you know, and it is. thank you for this time that we had in my, you know, I mean, we got each other this far, you know, like, great. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, yeah. And that's, it's a different thought pattern. It's everybody's just used to the escalator relationships. We meet, there's some kind of connection, and we have a few dates. And then, you know, we might have sex. Well, if we have sex, then we're in a relationship. Right? And then (laughs) it's time to meet the parents. Mm -hmm. And then time to get married and time to have the kids and time to have the white picket fence.
0: Yeah. I've never been married. Cause I did. I've never wanted to. <laughs> well, there you go. I just, you know, I, it's not that I'm for a long time. I was opposed to it when I was younger. I just, I just did nothing for me. Like the idea of it, I was like, that just doesn't appeal to me. And you know, and I'd be, and it was always the same pattern, you know, I'd be dating guys and we'd be together and then we'd hit that point and they're like, we, it's time to get married. And I'm like, it is. No, I don't think so. My watch isn't saying that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready, you know. And no. I, I would, that was, you know, and I just never felt it was right. And and I know that because I knew I had a lot of growth and development that I wanted to do, and so I gave myself that space. And now. You know, I'm just like I'm not looking for it, but I'm not opposed to it either. You know, because now I understand myself so much better, and I'm. I feel like now I could be a good partner to somebody. Back then, I know I would have made somebody miserable. Yeah. (laughs) Ultimately, like I I
1: I think that's fantastic. What a revelation that you actually knew yourself well enough to do that.
0: Because, you know, I really did. I really did. I was just like. This poor guy, he would just be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> After five years, I, I can just see the writing on the wall. But I knew, you know, I just knew like, hey, I know I trusted that that gut. Or maybe it was my yoni. I don't know. Exactly. But, but whatever it was, I listened to it, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, that's why I was hinting at if there was anything that you were picking up on that you look back on now that you missed because, you know, I feel like the signs are there. You get, I always say, like, God throws you the pebble before you get the brick. Like, there's these little indicators. Here comes a little pebble. Here comes a little pebble. Yeah. And then if you're not getting, you're not getting it, then it's like, wham, you know? And then, you're, yeah. then you're in your closet crying because your husband wants to be in an open relationship. And you're just like, what well, the fuck? And it's funny because yeah. I don't
1: think he even knew what he wanted. He just yeah. knew he had a desire, right? Yeah.
0: He was yeah. And
1: there was yeah, I had no clue, but I was so distracted between going through a bankruptcy over a coffee shop and my son, I was clueless. Yeah, (laughs) you
0: were your mind was you were spent. You were I was a few other places. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. So tell everyone where they can find you. So my website is
1: relationshipsevolving.com. You can find me there. You can uh, book a discovery call if you want to just see if we're each other's jam, if I can help you through some relationship stuff. I'm definitely there to just chat about it and see what I can do to really help you move forward so that you can really be in that optimal, joyous relationship space. Yeah, and I'm also on Facebook. You can find me as Gail Lynn. I have a Facebook page, which is uh, Relationships Evolving with Gail Lynn. So you can always contact me through that. I am on Instagram, Relationships underscore Evolving. And I do have a freebie. So if you go to my website, you can do that. And it's all about open relationships. So I have a PDF that you can download. But I also have three little short videos that you can watch that they're just about five minutes long. And it kind of goes over a relationship, uh, what an open relationship is, yay, nay, is it for you? Is it not for you? When to do it? How to approach it? So some of the similar things that we talked about today, but really focusing on that open relationship piece. Yeah. And also, if you let me know that you're a listener of this show, I will give you 10% off a coaching package. So
0: bonuses, Yay, I love it. We love a good bonus. And we love a discount over here at the Curious Girl Diaries. Yay, that's awesome. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Yes. Well, everyone, thank you guys so much for listening and spending part of your Saturday with us. As usual, you know where you can find me and I will put all of Gail's links in the show notes. So don't worry if you didn't write them down fast enough, but uh, you can always find me at thecureschooldiaries.com. And you know what my favorite thing to do is I love getting your voicemails and messages. I love hearing from you. We get to connect, share ideas, chat back and forth, get to know each other. You've got five minutes. Let it rip. And I will be getting back to you personally. All right, everyone. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media.